AI has been a massive disruptive force over the past year. That's why we're excited to announce our brand new show, Introducing AI Explored. It's a weekly show hosted by me, Michael Stelzner. If you want to understand how to put AI to work, this is the show for you. Each week, we'll dive deep into using AI to your advantage. We're talking the practical, tactical stuff that I know you're probably craving. Search for AI Explored on your favorite podcast app, and happy listening. Welcome to the Marketing Agency Show, where we explore solutions to the biggest challenges faced by agencies. Hey, y'all. Thank you so much for joining me for the Marketing Agency Show, brought to you by Social Media Examiner. I'm your host, Brooke Sellis, and this is the show for agency owners and agency marketers. We explore the topics that no one else is talking about. So pull up a seat to the table and let's have a great conversation. Today, I'll be joined by Melissa McClary Davis, a marketer who has worked for Fortune 100 brands, has been on the agency side, and now owns her very own agency. Also, if you're new to this podcast, be sure to follow this show so you don't miss any of our future content. Let's transition over to this week's guest, Melissa. To help explore the frontier of working at and growing agencies, here is this week's expert guide. Hey everyone, today I'm excited to be joined by Melissa McClary Davis. Melissa is the founder and CEO of Wise Digital Marketing. She's a leading expert in the digital marketing industry with over 30 years of digital marketing experience with Fortune 500 companies in a diverse range of industries. Melissa, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. It's so great to be here and it's been fun getting to know you. Thank you. I love this podcast, so it's great to be here. Oh, thank you. I am just like so excited to talk to you today. We were talking a little bit in the in the green room before we jumped on. And I was just like, I have so many questions. So if I'm all over the place, like rein me in a little bit because I am just so excited to have this conversation. So first question first, which is always the first question, what made you take the leap and decide to start your own agency? Yes. Yeah, so it wasn't too hard. I knew way back when, when I was in grad school, that I wanted to be my own boss at some point. I guess the short answer is that I wanted to pick my own client <laughs> because I worked with agencies and consulting firms. And of course, you know, I worked with great businesses, but I wanted the luxury of actually picking my own clients and then really trying to see that impact working with them. So that was one of the main reasons why I want to start. And then, you know, yeah, just have a little bit of my own freedom and picking clients, working my own schedule, etc. Yes. I mean, isn't that the dream, right? Or, or, or most of the dream, I guess I should say, when you're an agency owner is like having the choice to say like, I want to work with you. You're amazing. I want to continue to work with you. Or hey, not so much. <laughs> exactly. Because you know, as an agency owner, you you have multiple bosses, right? All your clients are your bosses at some point. So you want to work with bosses that you like, right? Oh my gosh. I've never heard it say as multiple bosses, but that's so true. We have multiple bosses. That's what part of what makes this so hard and, and maybe so fun too. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about your bosses because you've worked with some really big brands. So I'm just going to rattle off a few of them here to lift you up and impress the audience. <laughs> you've worked with Coca-Cola, AT&T, State Farm, General Motors, Hallmark Cards, Lane Bryant, Best Buy, Facebook, Instagram. So tell us a little bit about how you've worked with those companies and then what clients you serve today. Sure, sure. Yes, it's a definitely a little, you know, list of a lot of great brands. 
And uh, it all started because I went to one of those highfalutin grad schools. I went to like a top, actually the top marketing program in the world, Kellogg. I got to promote Kellogg at Northwestern University. So when you go to like top five MBA programs, a lot of brands come knocking at the door. So it made it easy to kind of get in front of some of these brands. And then I'm just a curious sort. I love working with products and businesses and things that I know. And so it made sense, especially doing the work I was doing initially out of grad school, which is consulting. So a lot of these brands needed smart minds, young minds to kind of help re either um, reestablish the brands. As you, as you can see, you, the names that you label off, those are brands that have been around for quite a bit. And so there always need to be a refresh, some things that they need to do, new and different, some things that are innovative. And I got with that and with the brand side of the business, as well as with the digital side. So I, I started when, when internet was just starting. I know you mentioned 30 years. Yes, it's been 30 years. I like telling people, <laughs> baby, I worked. I started when I was 10. Uh, but I've been doing it for a while. And so a lot of them were interested in digital. And so they just made a natural uh, progression. When you work with brands like General Motors, and as you know, I'm, I'm from the Motor City, um, you cannot escape automotive. A lot of brands want to sort of emulate or find out what are some great ways to do marketing better. Yeah. And I'm sure that gate lent you so much experience in who you wanted to choose and not choose as your boss as it came through later. But let's walk through your career evolution a little bit, right? Because you've worked with some of these amazing brands, a lot of Fortune 100 brands. Then you went to consulting. Then you worked agency side, you know, so now you're a marketing agent agency owner. So kind of walk us through like, what did that evolution feel like? And how did that contribute to your growth and eventual decision to start your own agency? Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, it felt exciting, chaotic, frustrating. I think like anybody who's been in the marketing space for a while would use all those adjectives. But you know, when I started out in grad school, I really wanted to experience different companies because I'm just a curious person and I get bored easily. <laughs> so I went into consulting right after grad school. And with that, you're going to work with a variety of different companies. Typically projects last about, you know, 12 to six months, six to 12 months. And I worked with an agency, it's equivalent to Ernst Young right now. Gemini was the name of the consulting firm. Yeah. And we worked with automotive. And like I said, I, I came from automotive. I started at GM. I worked at Saturn, which was a very unique brand. It was one of my first jobs out of undergrad. And so a lot of people want to know how to do things the Saturn way. So that kind of helps. So I love the consulting side of it, giving recommendations, diving into a business, traveling a lot, right? But that got tiring after a while. And as I moved on, I knew I could not do that type of job, especially if I wanted to raise a family and have kids. I couldn't travel all the time. So that led me to look at being back on the client side. The great thing about consulting is, it's fun when you're doing it, but you do leave. And sometimes you don't see the end product of your recommendations or your results. So I really wanted to see what would happen. So I moved on to the client side, had my daughter. Um, so it was, was stabler for me to be on that side. And again, working on the client side, you get a chance to see your evolution. I, I was a digital girl. So I was a digital gal for a lot of these businesses. That helped in because there really wasn't a job description or anything like that. We just had to dive in and figure out this business digital channel to see what it was going to do for our businesses. So doing client work was great. Of course, then I got bored again. You know, I worked in I worked with a lot of real estate companies, both in tech and housing, like the number one housing company at that time in the country. And 
I love that work, but then I was getting bored again. So <laughs> I wanted to go back on the, the service side, right? So I was the client. I had my vendors. I really got along with all my agencies and, uh, and that I worked with, you know, and then I was envious of what they were doing. And I was like, I need to go back over there. So later in my career, which is usually unusual to get into ad agency work, that's usually a first thing out of grad school or undergrad. But I came in with at least 20 years of experience, but it was with a large agency, a large multicultural agency, the largest in the country that needed some digital efforts and digital work. So I came in and worked with them on a number of different brands, especially around digital strategies that needed to focus on certain segments. And I love the work. That was different though. That's agency work versus consulting. Very different. I tell people that all the time, not the same. And I was uh, told that and I learned that. But what I did learn a lot about agency life was you know, pitching, making sure your ideas are, are set and pitching those ideas to your clients. Where in consulting, you're, re- you're making recommendations, you're the expert. And so your clients are going to like, okay, yes, we'll go forth and do that. So that was like the big difference. The, the fact that I could pitch something to a client and then they say no, I was like, what do we mean no? This, this is the best way. <laughs> How can you say no? Uh, so that also led me to the idea of like, all right, I'm working with these large brands and I'm pitching these ideas. Sometimes they say no. And then sometimes we'll go forward and write and do the work. And I'm excited. I do the work. I provide the, the data back, the feedback, how it moved the needle. But it moved the needle like 0.000% of the revenue of these billion dollar companies. So it just was a fraction of the effort. So that was a little disheartening because it's like, okay, I'm doing the work. I'm working a lot of hours, but I'm only moving the revenue needle by so much. And I just wanted to see more I wanted to get more feedback from the customers, from the clients. And so that sort of really led to like, all right, I really need to just do my own thing and just really start to work with businesses where I can actually see that needle move a lot. So that's really small businesses. So I work with like small SMBs as well as some medium-sized businesses. I do work with a few um, bigger brands from a franchising standpoint, but it's been really good just working with those that I can see their sales change. I can see like their customer segments grow. Um, so that's sort of been my evolution. And right now I'm enjoying it because I have a lot of these smaller businesses around the United States here locally in, in Detroit. And it's been fun. It's been fun working with CEOs and their marketing teams as well. Oh, well, you can see it in your face. You can tell that you're having a good time, which tells me you're right on track. You're right where you're supposed to be, right? Because it's it's fun. You're still having fun. What would you say? For any agency owners who are listening, who maybe just started their agency or maybe they're in consulting or on the brand side now and they're thinking about making that leap, what do you think the biggest skill set is? The, you know, the biggest thing that you took away from consulting and brand side and, and now use on the agency side that they need to understand, like, I need to have this to make the leap or if they're already if they've already made the leap, like, what is that one skill set that they're going to need throughout the journey? I think one of the biggest skill sets is they're going to have to be very concise with their communications and they're going to have to really say what they mean fairly quickly. Because unlike before working for a bigger brand, you are working with other marketers, maybe your boss, you know, that you have to kind of convince, you know, you have time to do that. But working with small businesses in particular, um, you need to really communicate effectively and quickly and get to the bottom line 
There's not a long story that you can tell. You can have all that information still. Have it as a leave behind, have it as extra documentation. But you really need to kind of make sure that you communicate effectively with your clients and understand that you are the expert in most cases where you're not with a team of other people. You're the expert coming in. Um, so you need to make sure you set the right expectation. But communication is really the biggest benefit that sometimes, or, or some reasons why clients leave agencies. It's like there's a lack of communication or the expectation wasn't done right. Well, those are some of the biggest skills that you need to have. You need to be able to communicate effectively. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. John Jans was on one of our past episodes. If you haven't listened or watched that one yet, go take a look. But he basically said, when in the agency world, if you think you're communicating enough, you probably still aren't. If you think you're over communicating, you're probably just communicating enough, right? So I think that yeah. is it's a fair point and we've had it said before. So if you didn't listen last time, make sure you listen now. <laughs> over communicate with your clients as an agency owner. Okay, another question I'm having, because you know, my brain's going a million miles an hour here. You've worked with all of these brands and they're all in a diverse set of industries. So how did that move forward and play into with your own agency into niching down? Or are you kind of like, well, I've served all of these big brands, so I don't really have to niche down. Like, what's your philosophy there? Oh, gosh, yes. That's a question that I hear <laughs> so much when it comes to agency. It's like, where, how are you niche down? And I'm like, there was that debate of niching down. And I just believe in, it's really, at the end of the day, it's really what you want to do for your agency. I can't niche down. I've tried <laughs> in some occasions at least from an industry standpoint, because I worked in a variety of different industries, right? And I mentioned before, I would get bored. And I do know that there's great agencies out there that focus in on one segment, one industry, and they love doing that. But for me, it's all about exploration and working with a variety of small businesses. So from a niche standpoint, I look at it from a different angle. I look at niching down really by services that I offer. And I remember John's podcast, as well as a podcast you had on recently, too, regarding what services that you want to offer and then services that you just want to discontinue because you don't like doing them. <laughs> Tom, right? It was probably Tom Shapiro. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> so I niche down by services because my own, my own agency, I want to do things that I love to do. So I really focus on a couple of uh, service offerings and not try to offer the gimmick because digital marketing is, I mean, there's so much you can do you know, out there. And you can have that full service type of agency and great for you. But there's things I just don't want to do. I don't, I don't want to really do SEO. Oh yeah, same here. No, thank you. I'm, that's not me. I love strategy, you know, so I focus on that. I, I love ad buying, you know, and I focus on that. Content, content has gotten better. AI, thank you. So I, I focus a little bit on that. But really, I just really kind of niche by the services that I offer. And the major one is, you know, just trying to help the small business owner really navigate this whole marketing landscape and how to look at things holistically. That's so wonderful. I'm like, oh, man, I want to be one of your clients already. <laughs> you sound <laughs> like you really have your head on straight. I try. Okay, <laughs> you're doing very well. Next question. You've worked with some of these big brands, right? And like, I can only imagine what it's like, both fun and difficult working with these big brands. But what would you say are some of the biggest lessons you've learned from working with those big brands that have directly influenced the way that you approach your client management or your campaign execution? I think one of the biggest lessons that I learned, especially because I, I just love new and different, is patience. Because <laughs> a lot of these big brands, you have to have a level of patience because when they launch a product, 
or a new campaign, it's like months and years in the making. And so unlike small businesses where they're thinking of something that, you know, 12 and six months and just launches. So you have to have a little bit of patience when it comes to working with these large brands. And so I brought that into, you know, working with small um, businesses. The other thing I brought it is research because you have these brands that are like, like say, you know, Ford, Coke, these brands are like hundred years old, right? And so everybody knows them. So they have to do a lot of more research to really try to try to increase that awareness out there to the, to the small percentage of folks who don't understand or know that brand or what they're offering today. Bringing in that level of uh, research that needs to be done and understanding the brand story in detail and the difference you are versus someone else. I've worked with products, you know, like candle makers and, and, and soap makers and things like that and beauty and, and, and skincare. And that's a, those are huge industries. They're competitive. So understanding your brand and your, and your value prop is so critical. And I do a lot of, I spend a lot of time helping the, the, my clients really make sure that they understand what makes them different. And then if they still don't know it, you know, how to at least communicate if once they, you know, that they're, they are different because they, everybody's individual, right? We're all individual people. Your brand of skincare is unique because of you. So what do you bring to the table? We'll try to help them understand the value proposition is critical. So patience, research, make sure that, you know, you're, you're telling the story to the right segments. And then what makes you different are some of the things that I definitely brought over from, from working with big brands. Okay, not to put you on the spot, but putting you on the spot okay. <laughs> and giving you a pop quiz, because I, I feel your pain. And I think this is so important for agency owners when you have that brand who can't understand how to differentiate, right? They're like, oh, who do you service? Everyone. Oh, well, but what is your software help? Everyone, you know, like that's. Yeah. So is there like a trick or an exercise or anything that you can share with us that you use to really help brands go, oh, okay, it's not everyone, it's this segment of people. Because I feel like that's a struggle that all of us have faced as agency owners. So again, putting you on the spot, but what would you say? <laughs> There's a couple of things that I do. The, the first off is obviously, you know, what's the problem you're solving and try to make sure they, they let's get the name to the segment of like your favorite customer. Try to get them to understand what's your favorite customer? What's their name? What do they look like? So really dive in and like create a story of fiction around that customer. And that kind of helps pull out some of that brand story. But the second thing is this brand exercise that I do with my clients who are still struggling with that. I call it the five senses. I literally tell them, write down your brand, your, your business using the five senses. What does it mean? What does your brand taste like, feel like, smell like? What does it sound like? And have them just really start to try to figure that out because that's a hard thing to do, especially if you are, uh, you know, if you're not a food brand or if you're something else. So helping them go through your brand story from the lens of the framework of using the five senses. And that kind of helps build out or bring out some uniqueness and value prop for you. I love that. As soon as you said, I'm like, oh my God, that's such a great idea. And then I immediately thought of the soap brand and I was like, well, what does soap taste like? Soap? <laughs> like, How do you describe that? That's so interesting. I love that. Yeah. What it tastes like. It, you know, soap, is it, is it refreshing? Is it classic? Does it taste old fashioned? I mean, there's, there's all these different ways that you can kind of look at it from, from using the five senses. And what does it sound like? What does soap sound like? You know, you can get ASMA, AMSR, but you know, what does it sound like? Yeah. Right. So does, you know, does soap sound like a babbling brook? Does it sound like cleanse, like a rush of, of faucet water? 
So those are just some of the things that I have my clients go through so that they can really help with creating that sort of brand distinction, that, that business distinction from others. AI has been a massive disruptive force over the past year. That's why we're excited to announce our brand new show, Introducing AI Explored. It's a weekly show hosted by me, Michael Stelzner. If you want to understand how to put AI to work, this is the show for you. Each week, we'll dive deep into using AI to your advantage. We're talking the practical, tactical stuff that I know you're probably craving. Search for AI Explored on your favorite podcast app and happy listening. I love it so much. I'm going super literal. I'm like the soap when you drop it, it sounds like it fell. <laughs> like, so <laughs> I'm a terrible example. I'm going to have to go do this example on myself after we're done here <laughs> because I'm like, you're terrible. You're doing literal stuff. And then you said like, <laughs> like a rush of water. I'm like, yes. Anyhow, I digress. So we talked a little bit about client challenges just now. So I want to like poke you a little bit about your own challenges, right? Like you're super smart. You've worked with these amazing brands, but surely starting your own agency, you ran into some challenges. So are you willing to share a specific challenge that you might have encountered in the early stages and explain how your previous experiences kind of helped you rise above and, you know, pivot and make it forward to where you are today? Oh, oh yeah. And, and challenges are, keep coming. I mean, any small businesses that say, oh, we don't have any challenges anymore, please. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's still out yeah. there. For me, the biggest challenge, you know, coming from corporate and working with these brands, I've worked with budgets, bigger budgets, right? I mean, my, you know, my budgets were in the millions of dollars. That's just for my team, my department. Uh, that's the budget for the whole business in most cases that I work with, right? Not just marketing. Um, so my, one of my biggest challenges Challenges were, I, you know, I work with budgets and I work with the expenses, like cost expenses, making sure I keep my expenses down. My budget was fine for the year. I spent it, yada, yada. But when you have your, when you become your own owner, you have to look at all your finances. And when it comes to agency financing, I had no clue. I had no clue what it meant to set up agency financing the correct way, right? The fact that, you know, our two, my two major expenses are labor, my, my team yes. that I put together. And like software costs, because I'm a digital marketer, right? So a lot of software costs. I knew early on that I needed to hire a bookkeeper. It was one of my first hires <laughs> because I wasn't sure. Like, okay, I, you know, I did media buy, so media spend, where does that go? And so that was something that was challenging up front. And, 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 and also the fact that, you know, I, I'm, I don't really care about the finance side. I'm a marketer. I love marketing. Having somebody to come in and take care of that bookkeeping sign, I think was one of the, one of the earliest challenges that I had. You know, and that was very different from, you know, being on the client side budgeting. So that, that was a big one. And then, start, you know, having so many years in, right, I had a team I managed, right, which I love that. But I, I also love rolling my sleeves up. So the challenge wasn't the idea they had to kind of dive back in and roll my sleeves up. But the challenge was definitely finding and getting a team that wants to roll with me on this, on this wonderful journey and why digital, digital marketing. And just jumping back into some of those tasks and getting them up to speed on them. That that was a challenge as well. Imagine time, you know. Yeah. Um, I can't seem to turn it off, you know. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so. Yes. <laughs> no, I feel your pain on the turning it off. I'm sure most people watching or listening do the same thing. I'll, like I'll, my husband works with me and we'll catch each other sometimes. Like on the weekend, we'll be like, we'll be talking about something completely different. And then somehow it'll lead into like a software or a something or a conversation. And we're both like, eh? don't do it you know 
So I, I feel you there. But can I pull on one of the things that you said a little bit? Yeah. And you were talking about how you love to roll up your sleeves and get in with the team and, and do the deep work, which I think is amazing. And that's probably why you're so successful, because you have so much experience and knowledge and you're you're wanting to get in there and use that expertise to help other brands. But how do you work on that with the team because a lot of times and in a lot of these conversations I've been having with agency owners you know even though we don't look at ourselves sometimes like as the boss right your team inevitably does right you're the person who's doling out the paychecks and the job essentially so so they kind of look at you that way so how do you how do you marry that feeling from the team but also make them feel comfortable enough around you with all of your knowledge and experience to you know, help you out on a project and work side by side with you? Well, you know, definitely I'm, I'm a team player. You know, I played sports in high school. So I love the aspect of a team, the team, the team, the team, right? I went to University of Michigan too. MGO Blue, gotta say that. <laughs> Both like But I'm also the daughter of a first grade teacher who taught for 47 years. And so education is something that's sort of like in my DNA. So I always look at when I work with the team that I'm working with and say that, yeah, I'm the senior person on the team or I'm the one who has that experience. It's always about education for me. And so I teach. I do a lot from like a teaching perspective. I mean, literally, I remember having an old boss who said to me that he came into my office one day. He goes, he said, I'm so glad I, you were one of my hires. I'm like, why? He goes, because I saw you in here with the whiteboard showing somebody what to do. And you were like teaching it. I'm like, well, yeah, that's I want to I want to kind of make sure I lay the foundation of the work. And education is like critical for me. I mean, I also like, I teach a certification course in digital marketing. So I, so it's a, it's a level of love for me in that area. And so as a manager or as a leader in an organization, a lot of it is by doing, but also by educating and teaching. And I love this field so much. I'm such a marketing geek that I really want to make sure everybody has a good firm foundation of the elements of marketing so that they can go on and be successful. I'm, I'm looking to hang up my shoes one day with this. And so <laughs> yeah. I want to make sure that the generations behind me and the folks who love marketing like I do have a great foundation. So I do a lot of teaching. I do, I do a lot of video. <laughs> I do a lot of video instruction and walkthroughs. I'm big on cases, case studies, and, and, and taking a client's work and then developing a case afterwards and seeing what we can do better with that. And so those are some of the things that I just, I just do naturally with with my team and, and my business is remote. So my, so my team is all over the place, but I just not only say, let's do this thing. And here's, but I always talk about the why, you know, why are we doing it this way? What this can help us with another client of ours and go from there. Yeah, I just love all of your answers. I, I have like a million other questions, but I want to get through the questions that we have for today. So you kind of just hit on it, but like effective communication, right? This is so important in what we do. And if you're a leader anywhere in your personal life, in your professional life, it's very important in a leadership role. So how do you leverage the communication styles in the past that you worked with, or maybe you threw those right out the window and created your own, but how does your past experience help you with communication, both with your clients, you know, and in fostering trust and alignment? Obviously you just talked about how it works with your team, but how do you take that past communication or do you and apply it to your current clients today? Well, you know, one thing I, that I do that was actually a challenge in, in corporate in some aspects, um, but, but I did it anyway, because I love using tools for efficiency as well as just getting the work done. And, and I'm all about, when it comes to the work, transparency, you know, but there's, you know, there's some political games. Sometimes you have to play with at some of the, the big businesses 
where you may not be as transparent as you want to, but there's a lot of tools out there that can help with transparency. And being a digital girl, I was always connected to a lot of areas within the company, right? My, my tech team, you know, because we kind of jived and worked together as well as the creative team, you know, ops team. So I was able to kind of chat with a, a bunch of people. So transparency was sort of one of the things that I wanted to bring in. So I use tools that make sure that everybody knows what's, what's going on with everybody. And that also equates with my clients. I want my clients to know what we're working on. You know, even if it's behind the scenes, I want them to know that, okay, we're in, we're in creative execution phase right now. This is what we're doing. If you have any questions, I use a tool. I use Asana. That's my project management tool. Yeah, I've been using it for like 15 years now. And I've introduced that to some of my, my small business owners because it just helps keep everything organized. It also helps with transparency. Everybody knows what everybody's doing. So, so some of those tools are, are kind of helps with the effectiveness that I brought in. I hope, did I answer that question for you? I hope that was good. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I love how you mentioned Asana. Uh, I've used Asana. There's many tools like Asana that probably a lot of you are using. There's like ClickUp, there's Basecamp, there's Teamwork. I mean, there's so many amazing, wonderful tools, right? Yep. But yeah, you answered the question. And, and so it's really about, from what I heard you say, it's really about, you know, transparency. That's what the communication is about. And so when you're in that creative phase of the project, you're, they can see what you're up to. They can see what you're working on. They can understand the value of your work. Because I think without transparency, a lot of times what we run into is, is you know, agency owners or agency marketers is when you operate behind the curtain, they, they have a hard time understanding the value of what you're producing when you produce it, Right. Yeah. If you pull back that per, uh, that curtain and you're transparent, like you said, they can see all of the things and all of the edits and all of the work and research that went into creating that deliverable. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, you, and you have to let people know, too. I mean, especially digital marketing. I mean, this is constantly changing. It changes every quarter, every month. And you have to be right, set the right expectation with your clients so that they are aware of that as well. So that way, you, when you make a mistake, it's not a mistake. It's like, oh, okay, this, this kind of morphed, this platform chain. Now we have to do something different. So that just helps with it. Yeah. Well, speaking of mistakes, were there any skills that you found that you were missing coming from like big brand and consulting? When you started your own agency, did you feel like, oh man, I, I never learned this thing or I wish I knew more about X? Or were you just like, because of all of your experience, you were able to kind of dive in without any skills or gaps missing? Well, like I mentioned before, you know, especially when it comes to digital marketing and things change all the time. I think the biggest skill that I was missing besides the idea of managing budgets, <laughs> small, small budget <laughs> um, and helping clients understand that. I think it's because I come from the world of marketing, like everything around me I, is, has some tinge of marketing to it. And then working with small businesses and realize that, you know, they come in and they say, I hate marketing or this is not an area of focus of mine. I think that was sort of like uh, wounded me. I was like, what are you talking about? Oh my gosh, you don't like marketing? Are you kidding me? This is the best thing since sliced bread. But they were so onto like, you know, manufacturing and producing their product, packaging and stuff like that. I, so I think from that perspective, the skill that I needed to do was sort of take a step back and just kind of really ask them over and over, like, what's your priority for the week? And, you know, can I be in your top three, you know, priorities? And realizing that sometimes non-communication, I mean, I'm communicating a lot, but non-communication, the feedback I get from them is not there. And you're like, oh my gosh, what did I do? I, you know, what's going on? And it ends up being that sometimes when they don't communicate, that means everything's fine. They just don't, they, you're just a low priority. You know, they got other, 
other things they're working on. They just, their package wasn't delivered. You know, they're, they're waiting for new raw materials to come in. So I think that was like probably the biggest thing that for me was just to understand that it's not centered around marketing their world. It's just they have a, a need that needs to be filled and then they, they're they working on something else. Yeah, you're, you're checking the box for them. It's not like I'm sure at Coca-Cola, if you think about Coca-Cola, probably like so much of what they do is centered around marketing, right? Yeah, yeah. And then you're working for a small brand and they're like, I just need to check this box because ultimately it's going to help with sales or whatever, right? So that is, that's fascinating. And I will have like a whole other conversation, but we won't go there today. (laughs) So when we talked about your team, it sounds like you really understand what it takes, you know, education, getting that team working with you in in the right way. But how do you approach hiring with all of the diverse roles that you've had? And I'm sure you've learned from some of the greats, right? Yeah. How do you find and then nurture top talent now as an agency owner? First and foremost, I mean, luckily, you know, because I was I, I left as a VP w- with my last agency, big agency. So I was hiring and, you know, folks all the time and managing talent. So I've been doing that for a while and I am always under the philosophy, you know, slow to hire approach. I am looking for certain things and looking at multiple pieces of criteria with those potential hires. Now, of course, I, I am biased towards, you know, one, the Big Ten and, and, and folks who came from the schools that I've, I've worked, I've graduated from. But I'm really looking for certain skill sets. And I do a pretty detailed interview process that requires homework. There's always homework at the end of my interview process. And I think this comes from my consulting days. But I want them to really express themselves and try to understand how they critically think. So I definitely look through the resume and some of the work that they've done. But in the interviewing process, I have a case for them to go through. I give them homework that they have to kind of give, give back to me after that initial interview. And then I make sure that my job description that I'm, I'm writing, you know, is very clear and distinct with like, here's an example, things that you're going to be doing. Not only just bullet points of like, here's the task that you have to do, but I want to set the right expectation for them as well to know that when they come to, you know, be a part of my team, I know they're not going to be here forever. That's just the nature of marketing. You're going to, you're going to move around and bounce around because, and, and if you're curious like me, which is the type of people I like to hire, I expect you to do that. So I'm always looking to kind of see like, what can we do to enhance them by looking at their resume with the work that they can do for me, you know, in the given amount of time that they're going to work for me. And then give them, like I said, a good detail of what, what we're all about, but what can they do from a skill stand? standpoint and see if they're excited about it like I am. Can you share not the same, but maybe a similar idea of the homework? Because you had my interest peaked when you said that. I'm like, that makes so much sense because what we do, especially in digital marketing, where as we all know, it's changing like every second, it feels like your critical thinking skills are very important, right? So can you share with us either a homework example or a similar example that you might share with someone who you're hiring to kind of look at those critical thinking skills and what you're looking for? Yeah, for sure. Like, for example, I like hiring interns. So I'm in the process of hiring a fall intern. And one of the homework assignments that I give are a case study. So I give them sort of a case. So it's usually a client that I have. And it's, and it's a, some sort of problem or challenge around in this particular client. The problem challenge is around PR, making sure that they get out there, how to help create PMPR, public relations. 
So the homework assignment would be like how um, looking at PR and knowing that you could do things in PR today, how is AI impacting PR and how you could promote this particular business? So that's, that's the question to ask. So I give them the scenario of the business. And then I talk about like a particular part of the business and then have them just respond back to me and give them sort of like a little rubric, especially for interns, because, you know, they're already in sort of a school environment anyway. So I help them and give them a little bit of a rubric of like, here's what I'm looking to get back. Here's the time frame. I would love for you to just kind of get back to me on this. And then have you have them answer that question, especially with what's happening with AI, right? So, oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to know the, these kids, I call them kids because they are <laughs> in, in, in undergrad. I want to know what are they thinking right now as a marketer today versus like when I was there. So what is some of the marketing challenges that they're going through with advancement of AI? And then how it works with public uh, for, with PR? Because um, that's a unique skill set. Anyway, if you want to sort of play that role within my organization, then just, you know, how do you critically think about it? I love that so much and I'm probably going to steal it, but I'll give you credit. <laughs> that's that's amazing. I, lo- I that's love fine. it so much. It's amazing. Everything's worth stealing in the marketing. It goes around. Yeah. Well, it doesn't have to be difficult. Like I could even say like, you know, after the interview, like, hey, just shoot me an email back on the call. Like I'm going to give you a critical thinking question. I just send me an email back within this time frame. Like not, it's not like a huge project we're asking yeah. people to do. Right. It's just like, what's your viewpoint? on this thing that will hopefully get them to think critically about it and kind of show you how they problem solve, right? Or how they how they critically think or don't. Yeah, yeah I yeah, love it. Exactly. It's so, it's so exactly. good. <laughs> so speaking of AI, our field, I mean, whew, man, if it, if it wasn't already evolving with all the algorithm changes and updates and all the new platforms that show up and then die suddenly and all the platforms <laughs> that won't go away, even though we wish they would. Yep. And now AI, of course, like totally changing the game for us. How do you take your firsthand experience and traditional marketing strategies and keep your agency on the forefront of innovation, relevance and keeping up with all the things? Yeah, you know what? It's it's something that every agency has to do. It. And I'm constantly, well, you know, I, I I read all my all the major blogs about what's happening within the industry. I mean, AI is one of those situations. Since I've been in the industry, I've seen the evolution, and there's some critical fixed points in time that has going to have a dramatic impact on some of the major pivots that we do in marketing. And marketing is all about pivots, <laughs> anyway. We're master of pivots because, especially digital marketing, because things change all the time. And so this is one of those fixed points. I mean, back when internet was starting and I'm, I'm, I'm walking into like Ford headquarters and I'm saying the internet's not going away, folks. This is a new channel. So but there's traditional marketing that lies on the foundation. And, and if people who are marketing agency owners should know that traditional marketing. I mean, in, in, in a word, it's like the, they, they say it's the four P's. You know, what is, what is your traditional marketing it's around the four P's? I mean, uh, I went to a top school, so we actually had six because I paid more to go there. So there's six P's <laughs> that you work but you have to look at the traditional space and then what's on top of it. Internet was one point in time that affected it. The iPhone mobile technology was another fixed point in time that had dramatic effects on it. Social media, social platforms, they came out. That was another fixed point in time. And right now, AI is another transformative fixed point in time that has dramatic effect on marketing and on um, small businesses. So you have to stay on top of that. I'm excited about AI as much as I'm excited about it when the internet came about. I'm, I'm curious. 
I, it's, it's still early stages. It's still a sandbox out there. So play with it. Don't make huge investments in it. It's not replacing anybody just yet, but it is definitely going to be the tool, one of the tools that will distinguish you and your agency from those that don't pursue it. And the smaller agencies will win because we're much more nimble than some of the larger full service ones that have to like put a lot of things in place. Yes. I love that you set out shout out small fries. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So this has been enlightening. I could keep going for like a million more hours, but for the sake of the show and our listeners, I will not. But tell everybody, how can they find you? What are you working on? How can people stay in touch? All the good things. Sure. So they can find me at Wise Digital Marketing. I'm at Wise Digital Marketing Instagram, Facebook, as well as on uh, LinkedIn and Twitter. You can find me th- there. And you can also find me just by, you know, Melissa at Wise Digital Marketing. I love chatting with other marketers. Some of the things I'm working on right now, I have this service for other marketers. It's called Marketing Therapy. Ooh. Yeah, where, where you know, because all of us marketers, we're, we're a strange bird. We're, we're unique. And sometimes we just need to get on the couch with other folks just like us, <laughs> where it is a community where you can kind of come and just talk to other marketing folks about what you're doing. It's, I mean, there's so many different great marketing services out there that you can learn skills. I'm not, a, I mean, you can get some skills, but I really want people just to come as a community to find out about what other marketers are doing in their organizations and how you can kind of help or how you can go like, oh yeah, this, this worked or this failed miserably. But to do it in a safe space. That's why it's called marketing therapy. I actually uh, cr- have this community it's, uh, that I've created. It's a Slack channel that I'm now, I'm, I'm continually to grow. But it's for the, the uniqueness about this is that I'm only looking for one person per organization. So let's say, for example, if you worked at Coke, only one Coke marketer can be in this community because I wanted to be a safe space. Yeah. I wanted, to, I wanted you to be able to come in here, I want you to be able to rant. I want you to be able to find solutions that maybe you, you feel uncomfortable to find within your organization. And I want you to be able to find ways to be successful, to be a successful marketer. So you're not going home, pulling your hair out every day. So marketing therapy, you find it also on my website is an area that I'm working on as well. And just yeah, servicing my clients, helping them understand the holistic version of marketing, which is not just paid ads or content, but how to put it all together in a nice symphony of marketing effort. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. I don't know about y'all, but I need some marketing therapy. So maybe I'll see you in there. (laughs) So thank you again so much for joining me. You have been amazing. And I just really appreciate you kind of pulling the back of the curtain and sharing your journey with all of us. Well, I appreciate it, Brooke. I love this so much. You've been such a great host. You're a great host. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you're new to the show, be sure to give us a follow. If you've been a long-time listener, let your friends know about the show. I'm at Brooke Sellis on Instagram and Twitter, and for fun, tag at SMExaminer. Also, be sure to check out our other shows, the Social Media Marketing Podcast and the Social Media Marketing Talk Show. This brings us to the end of this week's Marketing Agency Show. We'll catch you next week as we explore the adventures of marketing agency life. The Marketing Agency Show is a production of Social Media Examiner. If you're like so many fellow marketers and creators and entrepreneurs, you're probably wondering, how do I put AI to work? Well, be sure to listen to the AI Explored podcast 
a new show from Social Media Examiner hosted by yours truly, Michael Stelzner. Again, check out the AI Explored podcast.